I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to the most haunted city on If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure to like, comment, or subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure to go ahead and give us a five-star rating so that we can continue bringing you great content. Stay spooky, y'all. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Most Haunted City on Earth. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie, And I'm JT Timmons. And we are back with another ghost, ghost mail. <laughs> so... I was not in on the bumpity bump bum uh, ghost mail thing. That was honestly a yeah, husband that, and wife ESP uh, type yes. of deal. Like I, we there didn't plan go. that at all. No. <laughs> nice. No, I was just going to do that myself, but it turned into a duet. So, well, uh, welcome back, y'all. So we have been sent some more stories to our ghost mail email of various different paranormal encounters of our listeners. So if you have a ghost story, please definitely send it to us because we love doing the ghost mail episodes and people seem to really like it. Everyone likes to hear other people's ghost experiences and whatnot. So very nice. But (laughs) <laughs> Got to drink my coffee so I can be a little bit more awake for this. Uh, but yeah. Put that edge on. Yes. But basically, uh, before we get into that, we do want to talk about a uh, episode that we recently just did for the Parajunkies. It was our first time doing the Estes method. Yes. Chris um, was Chris was in New York, and so we he actually has no idea about what anything that happened and uh so let's, it was insane yeah so we're just gonna we're gonna tell them a little bit um uh, but become a pair junkie uh to watch the whole thing it's like a 40 minute video it's insane yeah it, it, like craziness yeah we um so basically we know that this building is haunted um as you guys have listened you probably have noticed multiple times we we're like that was weird um <laughs> things like that so yeah, we've gotten a few kind of like indicators of certain spirits that are in this building, but the one that came through in this episode is not one that I had any idea about, mm-hmm. and she came through very, very strong. Uh, she was the spirit of a woman from the 1850s, oh. and we were able to find actually uh, the story. It's actually a pretty famous story of a woman named Celia. Um yeah, it, it was just a wild experience. I've personally never done the SC's method uh, because I don't typically bring a lot of people with me when I go investigating. So it's, you know, uh, not something that you can do by yourself. But uh, it's an interesting experiment. And for sure, Celia needed to talk, apparently. It sure. was kind of like a therapy session in a for way. Sure. Uh, but. if you're interested in learning more about that type of experiment or uh you know, kind of investigative method, definitely watch that episode and consider becoming a para-junkie because we are going to do it more often. Yes. So, because of the success of it, we're going to do it more often. We're actually going to start live streaming them. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We need so, to do one with Chris next for yes. sure because, you know, obviously. Um, but yeah, the, weirdly enough, Chris, 
something happened with the footage that always does um, when, <laughs> right. when we were shooting it oh, on Madison shot only. Um, and we, we've used this camera. We use this camera. Um, it's the camera actually filming me. Um, we used it with uh, radar and Mindy beforehand. Nothing was weird. The moment Madison started to, you know, communicate with the spirit, uh, all of a sudden it just started glitching like out of, I can't explain it. I it, it just went black, um, mm. if for just like a second or two, and it would do it and do it. And I literally had up to thirty failed renders because I could not locate. Like they're all they're like a, a little cancers in right. the file sure. that stopped the render. And I'm like, oh my god! Like so, I had to go through. I had to chop them out one by one. It took me like two hours, and. We can't figure out why, you know, it wasn't the speed of the card because we use this card all the time and the camera's perfectly fine. So like something was like messing with it. Oh, sure. Hardcore. Well, I mean, and that is hands down the, the number one uh, sighting in mm-hmm. ghost, you know, uh, hunting is that uh, power outages, power draining, cameras malfunctioning, those kinds of things, because electricity is one of the primary, you know, building blocks of spiritual interaction. It's using electricity in many ways. That's actually how the Essence method works is is through a manipulation of a um, a series of radio waves, but not the radio waves themselves, the electrical, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. device that is cl- connecting and collecting that kind the of thing. Box. So yeah, mm-hmm. the spirit yeah. box. Uh, and so that, you know, that that sounds right on par. And uh, and we we we've talked about this before yeah. that uh, you can hand like a camera to five different people on a ghost hunt, but only one person is going to get imagery. And a lot of that is about the person in question, the person who's mm-hmm. actually doing the thing um, because spirits are drawn to people who will reciprocate. Sure. They're not going to just, they're not just going to talk to anyone. They're going to look for people who have, you know, the, the energy that they are most comfortable with. Absolutely. And I think a lot of it was the combination of um, of the two people doing it. I think Mindy, um, I don't know if you know Mindy, she's with the Paranormal Society of Savannah. Um, she's an SD's expert. And mm-hmm. so she came in and she was the one asking the questions. Madison's obviously insanely sensitive. So I think that there was that combination that just like worked really, really well. Like Mindy knew exactly the questions to ask and Madison, you know, just is open to all of it, super open to all of it. Um, so yeah, I think that's a lot of what happened. But let's go ahead and jump on in to this one. Um, our first story comes from Ashley Warner. Ah, yes. Uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. An ultra para junkie. All right. I met the love of my life in a haunted hotel, is what it's called. Da-na-na. Yes, cue the, cue the full <laughs> house music. Um, hey, y'all. Me again, back with some more stories for you. I promise these are much more lighthearted than my last. I wanted to tell y'all about one of my favorite jobs I ever had and how I met my now boyfriend. Um... The building itself is called the Oliver House, and it is one of the most haunted buildings in Ohio. It opened in 1859 and was Toledo's very first hotel. Rumor has it that Abraham Lincoln stayed there when he was campaigning for re-election, but that has never been proven, so I'm not sure how true that is. The building has been used for many things over the years, including a hospital during the Spanish-American War. It is currently the oldest occupied building in the city and home to the Maumee Bay Brewing Company. I'd like to visit. 
Uh, because, you know, every haunted building in America has to be turned into a brewery nowadays. Right. <laughs> it's funny. Um, the building is massive, big enough that in addition to the brewery, it houses three restaurants, two bars, and several ban- banquet rooms, as well as a separate warehouse slash event space big enough to hold about 350 people. I was trained to work in every area of the building, and most weekends I would be there from open to close every day. My first two experiences happened within my first month of working there. The first floor of the building was basically a large circle with a bar on one side that was open in the evenings and a cafe on the other side that was a brunch type place open during the day. I had opened the cafe that day and was scheduled to work a banquet that evening. I only had about an hour between shifts, so I decided to take my lunch over to the bar side while I finished rolling my silverware. I was sitting over there eating and minding my own dang business when all of a sudden a pool stick that was leaning against the wall suddenly fell straight forward. Not like sliding sideways down the wall like you would expect a pool stick to fall, but like some... One came up and pushed the stick straight forward. And then as soon as the stick hit the ground, the jukebox turned on and started blasting music out of nowhere. I quickly gathered my things and noped on out of there. I found my manager and told her that the jukebox had suddenly turned on out of nowhere and I wasn't sure how to turn it off. She casually responds with, oh yeah, that happens all the time. It'll turn off eventually. I asked why they don't just unplug it at night. And she said they tried that and it kept happening anyway. This goes right to what you were just talking about with the electricity. (laughs) That's funny. Um, My next experience happened a a couple weeks after that. I came into work one morning to my manager unboxing a bunch of uh, new pint glasses and telling us how our GM was upset and going to start writing people up if they don't stop breaking so many glasses all the time. Needless to say, it was not us breaking the glasses. They were constantly falling and breaking when nobody was even near them. You sure you don't have like a cat or something? (laughs) Ghost cat. Ghost cat. Uh, fast forward to the end of my shift. I had just got my ass kicked during Sunday brunch as the only server on the floor and was working on cleaning everything up. I gathered all the drink trays and put them at the end of the bar wedged between the iced tea urn, which was over half full and pretty heavy in the wall. I was sure that the, oh, I thought you were asking a question. I, um, I made sure that the trays were wedged in there securely because it was directly over the bar sinks and I didn't want them to fall while I was washing dishes. I was about halfway done with my dishes when the GM came down to check on how things were going. I was talking to him across the bar as I continued washing my dishes and he brought up the subject of the broken pint glasses. I joked that it seemed like a problem he needs to talk to the ghosts about. He did not think it was nearly as funny as I did. As I'm laughing at my own stupid joke, suddenly all of the drink trays flew down off the bar and knocked over about six very tall stacks of pint glasses. (laughs) Yikes. Breaking every single one of them. Really sticking it to the GM. Yeah. (laughs) Looking back on it now, it's pretty funny, but at the time, I definitely thought I was going to get fired. 
Um, there was one particular room in that building that almost everyone working there would have experiences in, and that is the historic lobby, which has been converted to a ballroom to host weddings and other events. This room, uh, this room was always noticeably colder than the rest in the building, even in the summer when most of the building was unreasonably hot. Anytime there was a party that had balloons in it, you would see them floating around low to the ground as if a child was playing with it. They once had a medium come in and she confirmed that there was indeed two child ghosts in the building, a boy and a girl. Also, Anytime someone would tie the curtains open, a few minutes later, they would all come untied. There was many times I would be uh, working in that room, and as I would be talking to my tables, I would hear someone behind me whispering my name and blowing on my neck. Mm. There was one particular Sunday, I was working a baby shower and ju uh, with just me and one other server. Most of the building was closed on Sunday, except for one of the restaurants that was completely on the other side of the building from us, and it was very rare for us to have a banquet in that room on a Sunday. After... Everyone from the party had left. We were cleaning up and resetting the room for the next day. I was on one side of the room taking care of all the tables and chairs while my coworker was behind the bar on the other side of the room washing dishes. Out of nowhere, I heard what sounds like a loud whisper that sounded very menacing. I look over at my coworker to see her staring wide-eyed, and we both asked each other at the same time, was that you? We both kind of started freaking out, and she said she couldn't understand what they said, but I heard clear as day the voice said, what are you doing here? I told my coworker that there was definitely something that did not want us there right now, so we hurried up and finished our work and got up out of there. My coworker refused to ever work a Sunday banquet again after that. So yeah, that's my story and how I, I worked in one of the most haunted buildings in Ohio. Sorry it's so long. Uh, working there is what made me realize that I had some clear abilities. It is also the place I met and fell madly in love with my boyfriend. We have been together almost five years, are moving to Savannah later this year because, hey, oh. we met in a haunted place. Oh, wow. <laughs> Why not spend our lives together in a haunted city? Wait, what? That's awesome. Sounds oh, awesome. Oh, my God. That means, that means uh, 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 Jameson's coming too. Yay. <laughs> nice. Very cool. Thanks for reading. And Jameson and I can't wait to meet you all soon. Stay spooky, y'all. Ashley. That's awesome. Excellent. I don't know what it is about Ohio. But it is just so haunted. I swear, every person I've met from Ohio has some kind of ghost story. Well, the Midwest is is wonderfully haunted. It's uh, and and I've talked about it before. Hardy ghosts, you get you get hardy, hardy ghosts. Hardy. You know, the, the thing about ghosts in Savannah Sick. is that it's it's very easy to live here, so it's very easy to after live here. You know, it's just you know there's a humidity and there's a stickiness mm -hmm. in the air. And uh, I used to joke that. Um, the humidity of Savannah was actually ectoplasm <laughs> that you're just walking through. Um, <laughs> kind of feels like that but, sometimes. But, you know, ghosts don't have to do a lot in Savannah to, to get noticed. And, you know, they just kind of mill about. Whereas, you know, you get to those Midwestern states where it's like, you know, there was something howling in the attic. It's like, yeah, that's, that's because they need to do the work. They have to put <laughs> the work in. <laughs> To get noticed. To get noticed. It's also, you're absolutely right in the sentiment that, 
every haunted location becomes a brewery. It has to be a brewery, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Well, you know, even in Savannah, we have so many, like, breweries and places that have bars that are haunted, and they all say the same thing about their just glasses breaking. Right. And yeah, Moon River is notorious mm-hmm. for oh, broken glasses, broken, you know, things moving around. There's video. I'm pretty sure if you went on YouTube and looked up, like, Moon River Brewery, like, their security video mm-hmm. stuff, every now and then you'll just see a... Yeah. Glass just go right off the edge of a table or something. You're like, what? Or or the oh, well. um, the uh, the draft handle coming down and people are like, oh no, got to. <laughs> yeah. Or just them storing their beer down in the basement, oh, which sure. is oh, just yeah. <laughs> the most haunted place that you well, can put it. Well, and it's funny because uh, one of my first ghost hunts in Savannah was in Moon River before it was Moon River. And um, in the basement, there was a pool table, and um, they had all the pool cues in those those cues where it's like there's a, a bar with holes in it, so you have to, like, stick the cue up and then settle it down into yeah. a little notch, a cup. Um, we were in, like, and that was in, in what I classify as ground zero for ghosts in, in uh, Moon River, um, and they used to have this big metal door, and behind the metal door was definitely where it was all coming from but uh we were in like another area of the basement and we just hear this huge kaboom this crash and so we like run into the pool room area and all the cues like 20 cues were on the ground they had just come out of the the you know the rack and it's like but that rack is not like a rack that you that it could fall out of it had to lift up and slide out in order for a single cue to come out but all of them were just on the floor and it was just like Okay. It's pretty strong energy, no? It was yeah. a very strong energy. Yeah. Well, and there's a very strong energy there. Uh, th- th- there's no mistaking that. I want to say recently the Ghost Brothers did a special there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. while they were there, while they were actually actively there, a, um, a glass exploded. Okay. One of the beer glasses like just went crashing. And I was like, Yo. Well, that's, that's impressive. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm very excited that Ashley is moving here. That's that's really yeah. wicked. Um, you know, for for those of you, you become a regular on the show. I know, right? <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Ashley's like one of our most dedicated uh, pair junkies. She's like an ultra pair junkie. That's what I call the most dedicated um, pair junkies. But like a Pokemon yeah. evolving, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, but yeah, uh, Madison, you're wearing a spell jar. Yes. Yes. You have a website about to drop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do, actually. Um, So if you do follow us on Patreon, then you have noticed that I've been doing a lot of markets with my jewelry and whatnot. Nice little side hustle of sorts. Um, But I make the witchy jewelry. So for the people Yeah, show them. Yeah. If JT will crop into this, um, for sure, you know, because sure. it's kind of Well, I'll just put like a photo up. We did a, yeah. we did a photo session for the website the other day. But yeah. yeah, so basically I um, have taken my witchcraft and bottled it of sorts. <laughs> so um, basically I make specific uh, spell jars to curate different herbs and attract those properties to the wearers. And so I've been selling those. I make them in earring style, but I also make, you know, the cute like cottage corey, like dark witchy um, type jewelry. So if you're into that, into that type of stuff, you can go ahead and follow my website. It's called countrywitchco.com. And fun fact, a country witch. I learned about this in the worst witch museum in Salem. Um, <laughs> that was a terrible, 
terrible museum. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. No offense to the people who live in Salem, because um, I love Salem. But it, I did learn interesting information, at least. Uh, the thing I took from it, from one of their mannequins, is that... <laughs> the Sears mannequins? Yes. Yes. Oh, boy. Uh, one of their uh, mannequins represented the country witch. And so basically, a country witch was a uh, one of the earliest, earliest types of, like, American witches where uh, they mostly practice heavily with uh, herbs and things like that. But they were the ones that would, you know, uh, do a spell in uh, on their neighbor's farm or whatever to help the crops grow or things like that. But they were the first ones to basically uh, kind of get recognized in the U.S. and the first to be persecuted. They're also the ones that um, gave the witch kind of stereotype of having green skin because they worked with so many herbs. Their thumbs would turn green and mm. people thought that was a mark of, mark of the witch. Basically, and so that's why the Wicked Witch of the West is green, all that stuff. So you can thank the country witches. It's not because I'm a, a yeehaw girl, but you know, it's <laughs> but more so in that uh, facet. But anyway, although if you've seen country cool. music, Country Witch is an excellent like album title. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah. Think about that. All right. The next one is from Ryan Stotler. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's never ending. Oh God! Is the title? Mm. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Should I just see somebody writing this in a total panic? Like there's things flying off of their walls, <laughs> and they're like, "Stop! It's not going to end." <laughs> You're not kidding. All right. Hey, Madison, Chris, and JT. I love y'all's podcast so much, especially when Chris gets to talking about doppelgangers. Oh, boy. <laughs> Very nice. This is all they'll ever ask you to talk about now, I Chris. Guess. My name is Ryan. I'm a girl, just for reference. Ah, ha, ha. Ah, ha, ha. Ah, ha. I'm 33, and I have seen things since I was about five. That's my earliest memory. I won't share that story this time, but I will send another email and tell y'all about it. Awesome. Please yes. do. This story starts in November of 2011. My sister, her boyfriend, and I watched The Haunting of Emily Rose. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We just talked about that recently. Yes. Did we? Yes. Yes. In oh. the, last, uh, the last recording that we did, we talked about- um, Oh, yeah. Exorcism. Exorcism and the danger yeah. of exorcisms. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, let's see. And after the movie, I decided it was time for bed. Scary movies are my favorite. So some uh, backstory. I had a Diet Pepsi can sitting on my TV stand in my room for weeks. And I always slept with my ceiling fan on full blast and no vent hit the TV stand uh, when the air was on. So I go to my room and lay down and I'm on my phone and happen to look to my left where my TV stand is and notice the soda can rocking side to side. Again, I've seen things from a young age, but this was different. The feeling I got was off. So me being, uh, so being me wanting proof of this and trying to take a video with my phone, but my phone wouldn't record. 
that sent off red flags and the feelings I got amplified. So I decided to pray, but I'm guessing my face wasn't stronger than whatever this thing was. So I got up and slept in the living room. The next morning, Things were fine, but this wasn't the end of the journey. I never saw in my house, but I always felt it. I never saw it in my house, but I always felt it. I continued praying and told it it wasn't allowed to be there in the name of Jesus Christ, and that uh, that got it out of the house, but it didn't leave me alone completely. I could feel it passing back and forth outside my bedroom window. Well, at the time, I worked at a truck stop about 30 minutes outside of Bakersfield, California, and was working 4 p.m. to 12 a.m. My mom would take me to the supervisor's house, and my supervisor would bring me back into town uh, to a Costco, and my mom would pick me up. I told my supervisor about what was going on, and she was spiritual and helped me with my faith. One night, we got into town, and we parked in the Costco parking lot about a football field's length away from a dumpster, and it was about 12.45 a.m. We sat and talked, waiting on my mom to get there, and I happened to look up at the dumpster and saw uh, what looked like a decaying werewolf. Hmm. That's I'm the sorry, closest. Did they say where this was? Where? Uh, it was Costco, Bakersfield, California. California. Okay. Yep, gotcha. yep, yep. Um, that's the uh, closest description to what I saw. The wall around the dumpster was only about four feet tall, and this thing was so tall, even crouched down, it was a foot taller than the wall. As I mentioned, my supervisor was spiritual, so I asked her if she could see it, and she could. When my mom got there, this thing watched me walk around the car and get in the passenger seat, and just to make sure I wasn't crazy, I asked my mom if she could see it, and of course she couldn't, but she was not a very open-minded person. That was the one and only time I saw it, but the story continues. I saw it around um, I saw it around January of 2012 and in May of 2012, I got really sick due to a heart condition called cardiomyopathy and was in congestive heart failure. Still am, but I'm a fighter, LOL. And I have to be put on a ventilator for two days because there was so much fluid retention, I was drowning on dry land. They told my mom to call everyone close to me and have them come say goodbye because they didn't expect me to make it. Surprise, I made it. Ha <laughs> ha. Nice. Yes. We're very happy you made it. Um, I spent a few days in ICU after being taken off the ventilator. Uh, then I was put in a normal room and one day I was trying to sleep and I felt this heavy weight push me down into the bed and in my ear I hear a deep man's voice say, he's coming for you. There was no man in the room, uh, just my mom and I. That, uh, what are y'all thoughts on this? I have a ton more ghost stories if y'all want to hear them and I'd love to share them. Y'all are awesome. Yeah, share them. Absolutely. Please do. Seriously. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What are, your th what are your thoughts on that? The, ugh, the decaying the, werewolf thing. At first I was like, oh, cryptid. But no, very mm -hmm. much so not. Mm -hmm. um, and it was in the, in the category of 12 feet tall? Yeah, it was a four foot yeah. wall. And sitting down, it was a uh, foot taller than the wall. Sitting down, it's like five feet. Or was it sitting or laying? Hold on. Hmm. So there are a number of entities that come to mind. Native American entities come to mind. Uh, and, and Crouch down. It, yeah, it, it fits with certain things. And even the congestive heart failure rings a bell in this... 
sort of um, the myriad of folklore that come around uh, because basically if I had to hazard a guess, you're looking at a, a death herald, a, you know, right. like a, um, uh, a grim reaper, like a creature that, it, that represents death. Uh, oftentimes they talk about it, a wolf's stalking in on wolf's feet, you know, the, the, the idea of a wolf and then a decaying wolf on top of that suggests that you're looking at death. <laughs> that, um, right and interesting and also intriguingly is the concept of of forcing a, a spirit or entity out of your house but it's still patrolling around your house suggests that it has a purpose it has a you know it, it can't just leave but it will respect the letter of the law if not the spirit of it <laughs> you know you say you can't be in here it's like fine i'll just stand outside right you know that kind of thing so you know um it might be any number of types of incidences where you're being called upon to fight for your life uh a lot of times we hear these kinds of stories we saw the figure the grim freak figure the grim reaper the monster uh, usually when you see these things coming the idea is do you go with it or do you fight it uh, it sounds like you fought it, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and I've heard that that kind of story uh, throughout my life when people talk about um, having conditions that they have to, you know, really fight for their lives, and that whole concept he's coming for you, that whole concept of there is an entity specifically coming to get you um, when you're dealing with disease, when you have uh, chronic or um, you know. Uh, um, life-threatening disease, sometimes people start to have these notions. And it might just be a little bit of that precog notion of before you knew you were sick, mm -hmm. there was something formulating it so that you could witness and see something in your life that was, that A, a it, it called upon you to strengthen your faith. You found somebody to, yeah. to help cultivate faith. You know, all of those things read like the story of you see the enemy on the hill, you've got to start training. You know, you see death coming for you. Do you, do you embrace it or do you fight it? Um, interesting, interesting stories. And not, you know, and so like, yeah, one of the most interesting things is, is when you see a figure in decay, that is obviously to me a representation of death. You know, when, when you see something showing decay, it is revealing to you a condition, something that is happening, something that is mm -hmm. going to happen. So, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. And I, I'm, yeah, I think it would be fun to have a, a longer conversation about it because, you know, there are a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's, uh, it, it immediately, like when you started talking about the kind of like, um, the appearance of it and how large it was, I was kind of like, okay, that does seem a little bit, like you said, like a death omen of sorts. And then it really solidified with you talking about you have uh, cardiomyopathy because that is, um, I'm actually familiar with it. But broken it, heart. Right. It's, it's a broken heart uh, uh, syndrome. I actually have it. So, yeah. Oh, really? It's, um, <laughs> oh, boy. It's a really serious condition. And so, you know, it's, it was concerning that you saw it before. And what I find the most interesting is that after you kind of fought the, 
the um the face of death essentially with the being on the ventilator and whatnot I think it's interesting that you had this experience where you felt someone holding you down Mm -hmm. and you heard a voice. That's what concerns me to feel like it's something trying to get you versus trying to warn you. Now, there could be technically two unrelated circumstances, you know, considering that you are sensitive, Mm -hmm. um, where one was more so a entity trying to, you know, like Chris said, prepare you for... Uh, what you were going to go through, and then one being disappointed that you didn't fall to the hands of it. It's it's confusing <laughs> to yeah. kind of decipher with situations like this. So that's kind of just my my take. Is yeah, that- it does it does register with 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 a variety of things because also like having the experience in the hospital. There are, hospitals are incredibly haunted, lots of spirits there, lots of uh, uh, spirits that, that, that witness death stalking or the, right. the, 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 the omen of death. And so, you know, having, having an idea that it is somebody else saying, oh, I see the omen of death on yeah. you, I see the omen of death near you. Um, that's, that's an interesting concept and precept as well, is, is as close as you get to death, is as thin as the barrier between life and death. Sure. The veil is very thin when you are at risk of dying. Uh, and I know we've spoken about this before. Um, suffering kind of creaks that door open, you know, and, and, and having a, a terminal illness creeps the door open. It's not, uh, the door doesn't open and sl- slam shut, which happens when people die very you know quickly or very, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but, it's it's that door saying, okay, it's time. It's time to pass through. It's time to come to the next side. And the longer you're fighting it, the longer you go through these things, the longer that door is open, the longer it has, you know, it, and it can be a very two-way door, which is why sacrifice was a big part of, you know, a lot of, of, of divination and, and utilizing these, these powers was they're trying to open the door and pull something from the other side yeah. when the door opens, when, when the... Uh, the sacrifice dies. So, uh, yeah, you, you <laughs> there's nothing tell, saying that, that there isn't an entity out there that recognizes illnesses in people and then just stuff, starts following them around in, in hopes that the door will open for them to utilize and take advantage of. So there's a lot of, of, of folklore to look at and a lot of stories to look at, but I know that when you, when you deal in terminal illness, the specter of death, all of these things that we assign to the language of death kind of become more solid absolutely mm-hmm. there's a movie i'm trying to remember the name uh it is where a you guys might know i think you and i watched it together before it's where a boy is beaten almost to death and um and shoved into a hole like well or something oh yes yeah 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 and yeah. He, he, he is and a his ghost, ghost has yeah, to well but, he's almost dead right. and his spirit has to like get a hold of somebody to find to him. find him right. which great plot lord yeah, yeah. and plot. i loved it and i don't remember what it's called i'm sure everyone in the comments will be like this is what it's called yeah um yeah, but it, uh it, it, it Mm. Yeah, it wasn't that long. It's like ago. the Unforgiven yeah, or something. something like yeah, that, something dude. like that. Uh, dope movie. Um, and this kind of and it, this actually uh, reminds me of that because like I've always wondered like 
the closer you are to not not saying this is all sensitive people because you know Madison's been doing this or you know her whole life and there's a bunch of people that have but like people who get especially sensitive to ghosts are they closer to death and you know and the concept of being almost being almost death um can you see more ghosts like you know well you know a lot of you people, see yeah. people a lot of people who have near-death experiences mm-hmm. after that near-death experience they spend mm-hmm. the rest of their lives with the ability to see sense yeah. and feel hear spirits um and many people believe that's because that's how close they got yep. they got that close to death that any other entity that has gone through it can now draw themselves you know can now recognize upon them yeah. you know the the stench of death or the you know yeah the um well it's interesting because uh there's a lot of nurses and people who work in hospice mm. who will tell you that they can tell when somebody's going to die soon because mm-hmm. they'll start saying that their loved ones are in their room or mm-hmm. like they'll say like do you see the man over there or whatever mm-hmm. it's uh because a lot of people have claimed that when their loved one passes that an another loved one comes to retrieve them almost yeah. or like some kind oh, of yeah, entity absolutely. comes to retrieve yeah, them. Yeah. And that's the so, Willie and Nellie Gordon. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When I'm on my deathbed, I know that Argyle's going to drop a tennis ball on my face and that's, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh God, she's here to come get me. She's like, let's go. There's a lot of room up there. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of <laughs> tennis balls. A lot of tennis balls and a lot of room. <laughs> and that does. It's, it's, it's endlessly fascinating because then comes what, what kinds of things are we seeing? Are they interpretations that are, you know, because sometimes when you're not prepared to see an entity or a spirit, we, we definitely dress them in the clothes of our own mm-hmm. imagination and the clothes of our own belief structure. And when you see something, it's like, were you introduced to any character like that? Do you like, uh, <laughs> this is such a weird, uh, 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 thing to bring up, but um, have you guys seen the new Puss in Boots movie? Oh, no. You I, need I to go see it. It's phenomenal. It, really? it has no right being as good as it is. It, really? Absolutely none. And I went thinking it was going to be terrible because, you know, it's you know, Shrek derivative. Um, uh, but, no, it's, it's awesome. I'll, I'll start with that. And secondly, it has one of the most thrilling depictions of death really? I've ever seen on screen. Wow. And, like, beautiful. And the animation, they do a lot of really cool animation. If you haven't seen it out there, I'm, in, I'm strongly endorsing it. It's a great, great movie. And they do, okay. they do some original that. animating that I think is, is bold. They, they, they're doing bold animation. Wow. In any case, sidestepping to it, the, um, and this might be a, a, a touch of a spoiler. I don't think it is, but it's a touch of a spoiler. That death is, is this wolf that is so gorgeous, but immediately menacing. Huh. You immediately recognize it as, oh, there is something about the design and the look that you recognize immediately as otherworldly. You know, you're just like, oh, there's something otherworldly about it, but you also would not be hard-pressed because it's an animation to say, well, that's a wolf. Interesting. You know, it's just this wolf. Wow. Um, but, you know, the, the, the lone wolf, you know, character, the, the thought of the wolf, and of course, in the European trade, wolves got a really bad rap, um, but wolves oftentimes depicted... Uh, you know, uh, death and sorrow and and danger, the big bad wolf and all of that notion. And uh, there's there is this this interesting thing, this little thorn in the in the back of our brains that are like, mm-hmm. if you saw a wolf, you know, and wolves are 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 terrifying up close. Like 
if there's not a cage between you and a wolf, there's there's very little in your body that right. says you're yeah. going to make it out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. There's, there's very little that's like, oh, well, everything's going to be fine. You know, when a wolf like, ah, like <laughs> this is good. This is going to be fine. Right. That's like a bear. Yeah. Or yeah, a tiger. Exactly. It's like the things you can't really right. survive. You can't, you can't, can't survive those. Conceive of it. No. Uh, even like, uh, I, I encountered a cougar once. On, not a woman. Clarify. A mountain lion. <laughs> I, I, I encountered a mountain lion. It actually was on the top of my vehicle, and there was a moment where I was like, you know, how bad can that be? It's you know just a big cat, mm-hmm. and then its paw was like on the windshield part, and I'm looking at him like, nope, that's death. That's just death. <laughs> death is on top of my vehicle. Yeah, that's just and, anger. And, 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 and there's nothing I could do. Uh, it's yeah. like that that animal would just probably destroy kill me to death. You know, it's uh-huh. just like bop, 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 and it's, it's over. <laughs> All right, we got one more. Stephanie Weber. And uh, she has a question. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Question for podcast. How to get a spirit unattached? Excellent mm. question. All right. Hello, everyone. I wanted to reach out and ask a question. I love the podcast and I learned so much from it. Thank you. I am a transplant who uh, recently began working for a ghost tour company in town. Um, Oh, this town? Yeah. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Uh, On one of my tours, a woman approached me to tell me that she is a medium and that I have a spirit named Matilda attached to me. I don't know if it is the Matilda Sorrell, but I certainly talk about her on my tour. The woman told me that Matilda likes my energy and that I remind her of herself when uh, she was alive. Hmm. Okay. I don't necessarily mind Matilda, but I have noticed that when I start telling people about this, I feel pricking on my upper back, especially if someone makes a joke about it. That's making me think I should unattach her. But how? Any advice on spirit attachments and what to do about them would be so appreciated. Thank you, Stephanie. Oof, that can be tricky. Good question. I mean, it is a good question. You know, it, it's hard to detach because once they have attached, they kind of have a they have a really tangible connection that is hard to sever unless you give them a place to go. Um, a lot of times. That's why it's like, you know, um, they say when you go investigating or you go to haunted locations, go somewhere else besides home. Right. Don't go straight home. Drop them off. Um, you know, I mean, there are cleansing rituals you can do and things like that. But I mean, really, it boils down to you have to figure out why. Yeah, what that attachment yeah, is. Yeah, where the Which, attachment is. Unfortunately, if it's about recognizing themselves in you, there may be a more complex connection. Like if, if, if the spirit actually sees you and thinks that's me, mm-hmm. you know, that construct and concept is very difficult to break. That's a bond of, of recognition that you are living a life that they want to live, you know, that, that, that you're their surrogate basically for, for living. Uh, and I, I don't know that that's the case. It's just that the fact that, that, that the term was, you rec- <laughs> she, she recognizes you as a person, you know, you remind her of, that's, that's a sticky connection, really. And um, when, 
whenever I talk to people about attachments and trying to sever attachments, um, I always fall back to, uh, I call it the white box, which is a, a construct in your mind that you create. You think of a white box, you think of this white box, you make the white box very solid, you create this white box, and then you assign the spirit to the white box. You're basically locking the spirit up into a piece of your mind. This is a fairly innocuous thing that you can do, but it helps psychologically, but it also gives a spirit context as to your relationship. It's, it's drawing boundaries, it's drawing borders, it's, it's trying to do these things, but you can do this with even very detrimental spirits because their, their attachment to you is in many ways their only source of existence. And when you start to prescribe very specifically what they can and cannot do, they will start to follow the rules if they think it's going to threaten their existence, which will include sitting in the box because they would rather be in the box and exist than not in the box, not existing. Interesting. That's very interesting. Well, and also, you know, when you do make boundaries with them, if they don't like it, sometimes they will just naturally detach themselves. They will themselves. Da- detach themselves, absolutely. You know, um, that's why I've said, like, I feel like a few people have dropped off some ghosts here in the theater. Absolutely. You know, it's because, um, <laughs> you know, sometimes spirits, they're like, they move on. They decide, I don't want to. So bring be- Matilda over to the underground. Yeah, and yeah just, bring uh, them here, I yeah. guess. You know, we, we kind of collect the ghosts in this building. That's funny. So sorry to anybody who rents this place after now, us eventually. <laughs> now, now, um, does it matter that she feels the prickling behind her? Like when I heard behind her, I immediately thought of less of a good ghost and more of a like parasitic ghost, something that latches on to where it's not in front of you. Why wouldn't it be in front of you? Right. Why wouldn't it show itself? Why does it only, why is it only behind her and prickling the back of her neck? That's an interesting case. Um, So, it's not it, it, it's not wrong to think that way. However, if a entity is um, vicariously living through you, it is doing a third person video game. It's oh. watching you, but it's subbing itself in for you. So it's not going to be in front of you. It's not going to be looking at you. It's going to be looking through you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or looking from behind you. And so a lot of people will have that sensation. They have that feeling of something behind them. And it's not because the thing is creeping up on them. It's because it's as close to being alive as possible. So when people are interacting with them, it feels like the people they're interacting with is interacting with them. Um, They do not want to cut off your energy by standing in front of you. So very rarely will a ghost spend its time in front of you, like facing you. Sure. Mm -hmm. Beside you, off in the distance, yes. But if it's really attached to you, it will follow you. It'll follow you. Then around. why prickling? Why not a Just soft a, touch? Why not a kith? Why not something sweet? Why does it have to, to be prove sharp? it's there? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Because a kiss is dismissible. A soft touch is dismissible. A prick yeah. gets your attention. Oh, okay. and especially because they said that when it when you talk about it, right. or, or when or they're making laughing. fun right. of the entity. Now, like JT, if you were haunting me. wouldn't you do something really dramatic as well to get my attention yeah exactly (laughs) so you know but we're but we're husband and wife 
Well, so, Matilda might be. Matilda's attached. Yeah. I mean, come on. You yeah. don't. Yeah. You don't know why necessarily. Like I, know I do that this, thing to your glasses that I do, oh like God. this. I no flat. Lower that. Uh, I hate that. That's what I do. Oh God, I hate that. <laughs> if you would get, you would get sage. <laughs> <laughs> it's a one-way trip to Sageville. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, get out. Get out. <laughs> Take your little silky and get out. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's mostly that idea of just trying to get the attention. That didn't scream to me malicious or any kind of like bad. It, it's energy. fairly normal. That specific. Um, you know, even even when you think about when people talk about having these experiences, one of the first things they talk about is the hair on the back of their neck standing up. You know that the, the chill up and down their spine. You know those are normal interactions that have have stood the test of time. Something strange is there. I feel it up and down my spine. I feel it at the back of my neck. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if it becomes like increasingly more of a problem where you can't stand having her around very different situation absolutely otherwise it doesn't necessarily mean you have to detach yourself so you know yeah i would wait for it to be a problem before you did anything drastic right 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 and don't don't go do any rituals unless you know what you're doing please that's all i ask do not look this up on the internet (laughs) so uh but with that thank you guys so much for sending in your ghost mail um like we said at the beginning if you have a ghost story that you want to share with us you can send it to ghostmail at hauntedcitypodcast.com you can also follow us under all the social media platforms under haunted city podcast and uh we're going to do more q a's soon so if you have a question that you would like answered utilize the q a button on tiktok and we will answer your question uh i do not read all the comments it is too many comments for me to go through so if you have a specific question that is the best place to make sure that i see it um but with that though y'all thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed today's episode and my name is madison timmons i'm chris susie and stay spooky y'all